0: TNC now. The views, opinions, and insights expressed in the following shows are those of the hosts, producers, guests, and viewers. They do not necessarily reflect the position of the channel. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to the new channel our passion transforms a community that sees all things new i am alpha sanford and i'm streaming live from boston massachusetts good morning good evening good afternoon mabuhay welcome to once a teacher always a teacher on tnc Stanford again. Thank you very much cho- for joining with us for this wonderful episode. Today's special guest is no other than Miss Angela Rose Sapaden Gabion. Uh, she was my former college classmate, and she and I enjoyed many classes together while in college. But since college, uh, we separated ways and I follow her on Facebook and I've seen her wonderful journey as a special education teacher in the state of California. I have to say that I am very proud of the work that she has done for educating children with disabilities. But before I bring you my wonderful former college classmate, let me introduce you our special guest so angel Rosa saparin gabion has been married to her husband jeff for over 18 years that's really such an accomplishment all right they have two boys julian who is 17 years old and jared who is 15 years old this year is her 21st year as an educator in the philippines where she started she taught special education from kindergarten to twelve in a Montessori integrated school of Antipola. And uh, when she actually came to the US, she taught in Edinburgh, Texas as a K to five, moderate to severe special education teacher. That was in 2003. Then a year later, she moved to California. She taught at the Lavina Middle School for 11 years. Currently, she's been teaching at the West High School and she's been there since 2015. She's had many different roles. Um, She is a leader, a special education teacher leader in many ways possible. Ms. Angel Rose Saparin-Gabion also has a Master's of Arts in Teaching with Specialization in Special Education and Master of Science in Educational Leadership. Currently, she is the Assistant Program Specialist for their department and she also co-teaches two periods Introduction to Physical Science. She is a member of their executive leadership team at the West High School. She's also part of their tier two of their MTSS team, which is the multi-tiered system of support. And she is also one of the teacher mentors of their classrooms. So without further ado, let me bring you my ever talented, and I very well respect her, Miss Angel Rosa Dabion. Angel.
1: Hey, Alpha. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, my friend. Appreciate oh, it.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. So how are you doing today, Angel? You
1: no, know what? I'm doing great. I'm excited to do this with you. I know it's rescheduled it a couple of times because band life has been taking over. So now I can finally sit with you. But, yeah, I'm doing great.
0: Awesome. So tell us, how have you been doing since... The start of the school year?
1: You know, um, after the pandemic, our students present a different kind of challenge, especially with like their learning loss and just following directions in the classroom. But overall, it's been a great year. It's challenging, but you know, challenges comes with teaching and you just have to persevere and do what you need to do, and it's all good.
0: That's right. I mean, 21 years as an educator. That's pretty amazing,
1: Angel. Oh my gosh. That means you also have almost 21 years because we taught almost at the same time.
0: <laughs> True. <laughs> I forgot about that too. That's right. Yes, You know, I got to update my resume because I keep on saying over 15 years in the education field. But you're right. It's 21 yes. years, Angel. Yeah. So your journey as a teacher in California is very interesting. hmm and I would like our viewers to actually learn from you. So would you walk us through your fantastic journey, beginning of yeah, beginning with your life as a teacher in the Philippines,
1: and then to where you are now. You know, in two thousand and two, a lot of our friends um, were messaging me, "Hey, Angel, let's go apply for a job to teach in the United States." And I was like, you know, with a salary of eight thousand pesos a month. It's very tempting to apply for a job in the United States, so Mm -hmm. I did. And to be honest, it was a very, very tedious process. Everything was legal. Mm -hmm. An interview. We filled out paperwork, and we received, you know, papers from the immigration that we have a job. So um, three days before we were gonna fly to um, El Paso, Texas, we were Mm -hmm. doing a professional development. And we were um, reading Dr. Wong's first give school book.
0: Oh yeah. Harry Wong. I remember that
1: book, Angel. Uh-huh. So they took us to a corner and said, Hey guys, you're going to fly in three, three or two, three days, but you guys don't have a job. Ooh. And we were taken aback. We were hearing rumors about it from other people, but we've never heard it direct from the agency, you know, but mm-hmm. as a dreamer, Many of us already loaned our houses. I loaned my grandfather's lot for, I will even mention the amount because you'll get shocked, but lots and lots of money. Mm -hmm. And I said I had $700 left to bring with me. And I said, I'm going to go. So I flew to um, Edinburgh, Texas. And one of the two of the people that was with me were Kyle and Rose. And they were friends from UP. We were all in the same apartment. And yes, we went and look for a job from Laredo all the way to Harlingen, that's in Western Texas. And we went to school district after school district after school district, looking for jobs. So, and there's lots and lots of us. So if you weren't lucky enough to get a job, you go to the next city and the next city and the next city. I remember we went to a place called, um, I don't remember, there's a place that's the border and we were a single entry visa. So if we made a mistake of going through the other side of the street, we won't be able to come back. So that was very, very stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a first year teacher. I had no idea about the United States and what they were looking for. So I was just talking about my experiences as a teacher back in the Philippines. So on a Sunday, we have a carpool. He will bring us to different places.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: on a Sunday, I told our carpool, I said, hey, can you drop me off in the little church, white church in the corner? So it was a Presbyterian church. Okay. So I opened the door and I go in and oh, I couldn't even, I wanted to run away because I was one of the few people with colors. It was a, mm-hmm. an ocean of, you know, um, Caucasian oh, wow. people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just went in, my carpool is gone. I had no choice. Oh. But, you know, I've never felt like, uncomfortable because they're very accepting and loving and accommodating mm. so I sat down and there was a microphone being passed and mm. they asked who has a you know a prayer request so I felt a nudge I had to speak oh. so with my heavy heavy Filipino accent and you know how it is uh-huh. I spoke I said hey I am Angel I am a special teacher from the Philippines I just got here and I'm looking for a job, so if you guys could pray for me. And the lady behind me, maybe one or two. Her name was Margie Pereira. She said, "Come see me on Monday." Uh huh. So I went and saw her on a Monday. She asked for my resumes and everything else, and she scheduled me an interview with Dalia Sanchez, who was then the principal at Cano, um, Cano Elementary School, where I started. Cano Gonzalez Elementary School. So I had an interview on the Thursday she needed to talk to my supervisor on a friday so i went very early because mm-hmm. we needed to call mrs um dr silvia lazo one of her professors because mm-hmm. i work for her mm-hmm. and you know by then you only use your um phone card but you have to scratch the number <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you have to be very lucky i prayed and i prayed i'm like please mrs Lazo, answer the phone and thankfully she answered the phone and I got the job after that phone call. So, you know, it wasn't all me. It was somebody up there. God gave me this job because he placed me in the right place. So I was the only one of all the teachers that was in the agency that got a job at Edinburgh School District. They were not willing to work with our agency. So, wow. yes, I was. It's wow. it's a blessing. I cry every time I think about that story because it was a favor from up there. So
0: gosh, angel, it just gives me
1: the chills from uh-huh. all over me. <laughs> Same thing, friend. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I am I am a grateful person because of that. So it's I always give back as much as mm-hmm. I can. I give back to the people around me, my family back home, or to anybody that's in need. That's where I always get that. You know, people are like, why do you always give? It's because I've mm-hmm. been given so much. That i can give a lot so
0: Mm -hmm. my gosh angel you're gonna make me cry (laughs) yeah it's really such a divine intervention Uh for you to actually go there in Mm -hmm. that white presbyterian church not knowing anybody Mm -hmm. you know with little amount of money left and just the will and the ambition and for you to really ask help. My gosh.
1: I mean, we are, you are already in a situation where you have no control. It was depressing. It was mm-hmm. sad.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, we
1: were eating on the floor and there was a Walmart or H-E-B across where we will get our food. And, mm-hmm. you know, there were times when I would call my mom and I say, I'm coming home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's because it was a very stressful situation. So, yeah, I, it's a blessing. It's yeah. a blessing forever. So
0: that's right so angel i'm just curious whatever happened to the agency that promised you jobs that you, you know, I would say you paid considerable. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a lot money. of money. Yes. Yeah. What happened to that agency?
1: I just heard from other people that they were shut down, and uh-huh. that um, people, the agencies, FBI agents, and the immigration mm-hmm. officers were looking for people to kind of like build their case. But mm-hmm. when I moved, I kind of like just detached because I did not want to have to anything to do with that agency mm-hmm. because it wasn't it wasn't worth,
0: yeah. you know, the stress. Yeah, I was
1: lucky I had my passport with me and they didn't get it. Because, you know, sometimes when you apply for jobs in the United States or anywhere Mm -hmm. else, your agency will take your passport with them. And so we were lucky that the passport was with us. But I heard, you know, a lot of the people got jobs and they were just dispersed all over Texas. I know Mm -hmm. some people went to um, Arizona, to Maryland, just different places, just so they could um, find a job. So Mm -hmm. most of the people I know were able to, um, you know, get a job which was a blessing but it was i was over it
0: wow yeah. mm-hmm. so tell me you had that interview on a thursday right after you went to mm-hmm. church on that sunday when did you start how did it feel like you know to go into that school
1: oh tell um me. yeah you know i we're Ilocanos, me and you yeah. we're yeah. we're tough we're tough we're ambitious <laughs> we're go get yeah. you know we're go-getters and uh-huh. you know in college we were go-getters it it just it's our personality and you know when you decide to do something you just have to do your best so i was in a classroom with like five um students or three four students and two of them were in a wheelchair we had some autistic children in there and mm-hmm. i had no idea what i'm going to do but thankfully mm-hmm. university of the philippines special education has trained us with a lot a lot of the things and we learned everything about the disabilities that, up till to this day, Mm -hmm. I use them. So I'm thankful for all the professors out there in UP Dilemma, especially in the SPED department. And I just kind of like use those. I used a lot of, you know, our teaching tools, you know, Mm -hmm. we we created so many materials that helped our students. So I just kind of like use that to, um, you know, be successful in my classroom. It wasn't the easiest to go because I was a stranger going into a place and I was lucky enough to have a Filipino teacher there that was hired the same time as me. Her name is Maria and we kind of like just like depended on each other and helped each other and that's how it is and I till to this day I'm thankful for my admin especially for my principal Miss Sanchez. We still message each other on Facebook and you know she came to my wedding because she Mm -hmm. has just guided me. There were a lot of challenges I will Mm -hmm. not lie there were times where I felt like they were judging me based on my race and my right. color, right? And this is a funny thing. I had a student, and he mm-hmm. said, "Miss Angel, I can't understand your English mm-hmm. because we have a heavy accent. We still have it, but it's not as much." Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. said, "Work with me because I can't understand yours as well. You know, so you just oh. have to be honest with these kids because it's hard. You are, you know, in Western Texas. They speak mostly Spanish, you know, Spanish and." You know, it's it's a very heavy with um, Hispanic people. And you just mm-hmm. have to like do I just gave my best and I went to work with a smile like I always do and persevered. There were a lot of challenges, instructional mm-hmm. aids. It's always a problem for us, especially teachers. I had one that was great and I had one that was problematic. But, you know, you just got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I counted my the kids progress day by day, and that's where I took my energy from, my willingness to work with them, and I made it for a year. So yes. That's great. So mm-hmm. what got you through for um, on the very first year? It's first, you have a loan to pay, just to be honest, you have a loan to pay. <laughs> for sure. You're half yeah. the word. Um, uh-huh. you know, almost half of your salary is going to the loan that you took, and you have sisters and brothers you want to help, but mostly it's it's my love for the kids. I think mm-hmm. um, with the two and a half years that I was in the education department back in UP, we were exposed to just being with the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, just, no, we're not just reading our books. We were exposed mm-hmm. to blind and deaf. We were exposed to Down syndrome, autist, you know, autism, with all the you know, different disabilities. And we, we learned how to love them. And they became our passion. So I think that's where I was getting from. It's just, although these kids are low functioning, I can get something out of them. Mm-hmm. And I could make them do things that could make them successful. I had a boy who was uh, has autism, and you know, he didn't know people's name, and we just started just putting pictures in the name. And by the end of the year, he was talking simple sentences. And up till to this day, I'm still in contact with his mom because he was just a success story. And so that's where I got my, you know, I just had to persevere and just work with these kids. So
0: oh, beautiful story, angel. Mm-hmm yeah now what made you move to california
1: well i was it's a different long story we'll do it on another episode i'm just kidding (laughs) i was then um talking to my husband as a friend and Uh you know we were emailing and there were some phone calls and Uh i said If I move to the United States, maybe we can reconnect. And so Uh when I got here, we reconnected. And because of some of my experiences in Texas, he was like, it's time to move to California. So Mm. he was like, I am here to support you. You have, you know, you have friends in there, but it's not the support that you need. So then I moved and he proposed and we got married and we'll be married for 19 years next year, next June. So that's why I moved.
0: That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Such a love story in between. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right? Mm Yeah. So I'm curious then, in your many years working in the public school in California, what have you learned about yourself as an educator?
1: You know, I think my love for the kids and my Mm -hmm. empathy towards them has Mm -hmm. been just my biggest, biggest strength. Mm -hmm. And also, I want to educate parents and Mm -hmm. teachers, Um, I want to tell them that their children are capable of doing something and they play a big role, especially for the parents. They play a big role in developing their children's education, you know, their IEPs and making them successful. Um, I have IEPs where I had lawyers and, you know, advocates, and I would never conform to what they want. I always tell them this is what I do in my classroom this is what happens in my classroom, is this is my goal for your child. And I think if parents hear you say that, and if you, they see results, they're going to work with you. It's not, they're not going to fight you. You know, I had a family that had an advocate and we had lawyers and we had IEPs every nine weeks and we ended up not having any more IEPs, only our annual IEPs. So, you know, I think it's it's that the love for the kids and my willingness to educate the people around them. I love working with paraprofessionals because, or we call them instructional aides, because Mm -hmm. I can also educate them how to help these kids. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I
1: have three, three of my um, instructional aides became special education teachers. So, yeah, they always say, hey, you inspired us. And I, I think I, take pride on showing them that we can help students with disabilities.
0: Yeah. Angel, who would have been inspired um, <laughs> when you are around a person like you? You're just inspirational in many I ways. I try my best.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not all the time,
0: but. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, do you have any uh, children with disabilities who also present any behavioral challenges?
1: Um, My oldest has ADHD. Um, mm-hmm. When he was um, in second grade, we actually did an autism assessment, and outside, and the doctor was like, he's, you know, in between, you know, like high-functioning, It because it we do it by the ratings. And he just told us, you know, there's not much that you can do if we label him with autism in this classroom. We'll just look into, you know, other areas to help him out. And he kind of like struggled, Um, we had to do a lot of behavioral um, modifications at home home. we did Mm -hmm. lists and just a lot of social skills practice and when he was in fifth grade that's when we noticed that he was really struggling Mm -hmm. and so we did a an assessment again and he came out with ADHD and I had to go and get him a 504 and that was really a learning experience Mm -hmm. I sat down on the other side of the table and I just broke down and I said, I need to cry.
0: It's because
1: you're always on the other side and you focus Mm -hmm. on, especially teachers, when we do IEPs, we focus on the needs, on the needs and mostly on the needs of the kids. And we seldom talk about their strengths Mm -hmm. because we are looking for ways to help them improve. And so Mm -hmm. when I sat down there and I heard the things that my son struggled with, it hit me. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I need to change the way I run my IEPs. I need to focus first on their strengths Mm -hmm. and put a spotlight on the things that they can do and then slowly move on to their needs because it hurts as a parent, as myself. I sat down there and cried because, you know, you're hearing this about your child. So, you know, he is a senior, he has a 4.18 GPA. We're applying for colleges right now. Uh-huh. Um, he wants to go with communications disorder or nursing or physical therapy because he wants in the medical field then you know I am so proud of him because he's he's done a lot he struggled and he overcame and and it's a team effort it's effort from us from his brother from our families from his teachers it's and it's constantly working with him on okay son we need to do this we need to do that so it's I that also is coming from my heart now. I've changed a lot the way I teach and I tweak students after I went through that, you know, process of mm-hmm. going through what we went through with our oldest, so. Mm,
0: wonderful. Well, mm-hmm. first, congratulations to Julian. for the- I know. I am not ready, mm-hmm. my friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, um, I was uh, taking some mental notes earlier in mm-hmm. terms of how you run IEPs. And folks who may not know, uh, the meaning okay. uh, of IEP, it's Individualized Education, Education Program. Or plan. Uh, some people call it plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it's program because it does compose of many, many mm-hmm. things, right? So uh, walk us through, how do you, how has your experiences with your son um, changed the way you conduct IEPs and changed the way... You really teach children with disabilities. I know you hit it a bit. Yeah. But, um well, you first, know, like I want to yeah. hear
1: it. Yes. <laughs> want to so hear first, it. you know, when I do prepare for my IEPs, um, I always get, you know, in the beginning of the year, I always call the parents of my students. I call my students because they're high schoolers, some of them are freshmen. I introduce myself, the upper grade level, the sophomores to the seniors. I still call their parents, hey, it's me, um, I'll be your case carrier again this year. Um, I start with the relational capacity. You, we are our school, and I think a lot of the school districts around the United States, we are pushing the relational capacity. with just not our students, but to our parents and the staff. So that's how I started. It's because if they hear from you when things are good, definitely they're going to respond to you when things are difficult. So that's my that's my philosophy as a case carrier um so i you know i meet these students i communicate with their teachers i need to work more on that but i send an email so often to ask like hey i have a few questions how's my student doing any needs any behavior concerns have you contacted parents and then. Whatever information I get, I'll communicate it to my students' parents as well. So when the IEP comes and you plan and you get all these pages and pages and pages of information, you already have the data or the information that can help you build. Um, because, you know, we have to focus on their present levels of functioning. What are, they, what are their strengths? What are they doing great with? What are their needs? You know, what goals do they have? Are there areas other than academic goals that you need to work? Do they have anything with their social emotional? Because a lot of the students now, um, we have a lot of kids coming in with mental health illness, you know, emotional disturbance, and this statistics is going higher and higher. And so it's really important to focus on the present levels, because then that would drive your accommodations, that would drive your goals, and that would just drive the whole IEP process. So in the end, you have a plan or a program that is gonna help your students succeed.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's how
1: I kind of like go with my IEPs. And, you know, as the year goes by, I improve, I modify things. Cause um, just to let your viewers know, the special education world changes almost on a daily basis. There's right. just so many work in that world, there's just so many changes on a daily basis. And, you know, you need to learn how to adapt. And change things to make it work for your students because in the end the iep is not about the parent it's not about me it's not about the teachers it's about what's best for our students so that's that's mainly my focus what's best for the kid what's going to help the kid
0: i love it angel like really uh, keeping the student in the center of the discussion uh-huh. oh my gosh she um Probably, you could be one of the best special education teachers out there in
1: California. (laughs) I try my best. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, Is it true that you were awarded sometime in 2012 like Teacher of the Year in California?
1: Yeah, I got voted Uh by my peers as Teacher of the Year. And then I was also nominated as current County Teacher of the Year um, with my peers. Um, around the Kern County, and then just recently I was given, you know, an award in our school as one of the, you know, Viking Pride Awards because they just, um, they just appreciated what I do. So, yes,
0: wow, they're lucky to have you, Angel. That's wonderful.
1: I, I, you know, it's again, it's coming from my love for what I do and for these kids. So, that's right. Now, let's talk about some
0: best practices when it comes to uh, teaching children with special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, as a teacher in the classroom, um, my understanding is that you still
1: teach. I teach, uh, so yes. I teach two to- pictures Right. Yes.
0: here today.
1: Uh-huh. At um, the end you know, of the day, I do two pictures, I co-teach with the intro to physical science teacher, So we do um, the it's kind of like. If, introduction to all the sciences as they move forward to their 10th grade and their 11th grade and other grades that's when we kind of like so they can see how it looks like the world of science look like because it's exciting I love teaching science
0: (laughs) I bet I can see it right now (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah but are there some you know best practices from California
1: when it comes to special to special education that some teachers out there can learn from you well, you know, I was actually shocked when I moved in, moved to California, Alpha, that there wasn't a lot of, you know, there was inclusion, but not a lot of inclusion. Um, really? Yes. We barely, about. our school district barely started. um mainstreaming our kids a few years back into oh, the gen ed. Yeah. We used to have like special education science, English and math, the yeah. kind of like help the lower level kids, but just recently they moved in us to like push in and co-teaching. Yeah. And so um, yeah. that's kind of like, what's the best practice right now here where I am, mm-hmm. is just, you know, developing relationships between teachers so they can co-teach in the classroom. Um, in my school right now, we're co-teaching math, mm-hmm. science, English, history classes. Um, Mm -hmm. Most of the specialty teachers are going into the classroom Mm co-planning with the teachers. So we're not just pushing in and helping Mm -hmm. the teachers. We are actually there um, working with them and Mm -hmm. teaching them, you know, what they need to do. So, you know, like we are teaching the lesson. I am Mm -hmm. actually participating every summer for what we call a summer team. In my the teach that's class that I teach, so I learned the curriculum because I did not go for to teach science. I went for special ed. You can ask me anything about the disabilities, and I can explain it to you. But if you're going to ask me about the periodic table, I will have to go uh, think of first. It's been forever since I took chemistry, but you know I learn, and it's kind of like that's what was happening where I am. And a lot of what we're doing is a lot of um, also putting social emotional learning in the classroom. That's right. Um, It's, it's a need, Mm -hmm. you know, we have to teach our kids just some of these skills, um, coping skills and how to use classroom, you know, organization and things like that. So that's also Mm -hmm. one of the best practices that we're doing here where I am, you know, because I cannot speak for other parts of California, but for the school district that I am teaching, that's what's going on.
0: Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that, you know, West High School is in the right path for more inclusive opportunities. Yes. Uh Way to go. (laughs) Way to go. Um, Are there any specific PD that you think teachers uh, can focus when it comes to teaching children with disabilities?
1: Um, You know, I would speak like for the Janet teachers, now Mm -hmm. that there's more Special ed kids in their classrooms, and now that they're working with different disabilities, it would really help them to kind of like get to know more about, like, you know, when we were in college, we call it indicators. That's <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> the indicators of these disabilities so that they know how to manage and help them, you know, because if you are not aware of the indicators of autism, how are mm-hmm. you going to be able to teach them? So I think that would be great for a lot of our, you know, a lot of our gen teachers, but for special ed teachers, I would say, you know, we, we are, I will call us the teachers that are the most adaptable. Mm. And I think, and we're the most accepting of change because, <laughs> you know, statistic has it after five years, special ed teachers are burnt out and they're leaving this profession. And we are in shortage everywhere in the United States. It's because of that just there's just too much being piled on top of you know responsibilities for special ed teachers and you know we we just have to you know learn how to adapt and we learn how to like you know just adjust with the changes so it's it's just going to be like a continuum of PD on the changes that are happening, you know, IEP writing and just teaching, you know, strategies for the students with disabilities, because it changes and there's more disabilities, you know, added every so often. I mean, just the responsibilities we have is just getting bigger and bigger. So just the continuum of support. Um I can honestly say that at the school district that I work for there's a lot of opportunities for professional development mm-hmm. and our principal encourages us to go and you know participate on these PDs because it helps us to become better educators it's it's the only way we learn about the new you know what's the best practices that's how we learn it so yes
0: that's great well um when we come back uh- angel i'd actually like to take a, a few minutes break but when we come back i'd love to hear from you in terms of day your daily schedule, Walk <laughs> the daily, the daily schedule because i know you're part of the executive leadership <laughs> team over there and then yeah uh describe to us narrate to us what's going on in the day-to-day life of miss how do they call you at school they call me
1: mrs g Mrs. I G. get a lot of name. They call me Mrs. Okay. G. It's the ACS because they just, some kids cannot just say Gabion. So
0: That's right. I just call
1: them Mrs. G. It's the ACS. Well.
0: Wonderful. So let's talk about that, Mrs. G, when we come back. <laughs> All righty. channel is an online alternative new media platform of online shows for people on the go please watch all our shows as seen on screen imagine having your own show your own playlist your own content but we make it easier for you tnc aims to transform the lives of our viewers through engaging authentic and original content Our channel is a responsible global 24 over 7 platform that showcases Filipino talent, global influencers, cultural intelligence, and ingenuity. Please continue to watch Once a Teacher, Always a Teacher on selected Saturdays, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also watch or live or on replay via Facebook or YouTube follow us on IG, listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search hashtag TNC now. For sponsorships, please email now at thenewchannel.com or send us a DM. Enjoy these life-changing shows because we made them for you. All right, folks, let's bring in Miss Angel Rose Saparin Gabion, Miss G,
1: <laughs> you're back. I'm back. Yes, and it's just fun. I am actually having fun. So yes,
0: good. Yeah, I'm having fun too. And uh, my gosh, I am just inspired by the stories that you've shared so far and your amazing um, contribution to the state of California. And not just the state of California, but the individual students, along with the families that you have touched so far and will continue to touch, you know. So this is great. All right. (laughs) So we left off with uh, you asking uh, us uh, for you to narrate your schedule on a day to day basis.
1: So I have a very unique schedule. Um, It's because I'm an assistant program specialist. So my days are divided into two. So the morning um, I do my job as a case carrier and then as assistant program specialist. So my days are different. You know, there are days, mornings where I am facilitating an IEP. I am taking notes for an IEP. I'm assessing students. I could be calling parents. I'm helping in the office to, you know, in, talk to parents, talk to students in need, behavior. Um, every so often, every Thursdays, um, I am part of what we call the tier two team where we talk about the services that students that are, you know, they need um, mm-hmm. mostly on social, emotional um, that areas of their lives. And then um, I also am part of just assessing, which is we call the assessment team. Like I would assess students that are just um, starting to get special ed needs because their mm-hmm. needs are just being um the need for them to get special ed services is just being identified now that they're in high school. And yes, it still happens. I mean, you work in this world. Um, sometimes I am shocked to see like, oh, one time I assessed a kid that was already a freshman and they barely identified her with autism. So the world, the student did not get any intervention from kindergarten to eighth grade. That was a very difficult case. Um, it broke my heart because we know those, in early intervention is the key for autism. Um, mm-hmm. We are getting a lot of students with um, um, a lot of OHI for ADHD. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have some students with emotional disturbances. And so it's that's part of my work as well. I have another assistant program specialist that I work with. So that's my morning. Mm-hmm. And then after lunch, that's when I go and have fun with my freshmen. It's not the easiest. <laughs> I I sometimes ask myself, why am I teaching ninth graders? But they're <laughs> fun. They're yeah. they're challenging. They're fun, but um Met Three three years ago, I co-taught with one of my best friends. Her name is Teresa Casaya. She's here in my IG and in my Facebook. And mm-hmm. um, when I co-taught with her, I've learned how to love science and how to teach it with the kids and just have fun mm-hmm. with the content. And then you're helping kids learn. I I still go to my, I have issues with control. I still go like, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. But then I will sometimes remind myself, oh, it's science, have fun. So that's my afternoon. Um, I co-teach with Mr. Clark, um, who has become a friend of mine as well. So we co-teach two periods in the afternoon, and then my prep is 7. So in the morning, it's all paperwork, assessments, IEPs, helping teachers. In the afternoon, I'm with students. So it's a very balanced life. Mm -hmm. Um, I am sometimes, you know, tempted to apply for a system to become a program specialist. And then I push back because... I, I take change. I change my mind because then I will not have the chance to be in the classroom with the kids mm-hmm. where I find most joy. I love what I do in the morning. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy it so much. But having that time with the kids and building relationships and helping them, even sometimes they're like, leave me alone. You're too much. I still push through. I tell them that is my job to help you and make you learn. So you know, but I, I leave them alone, and then later on, they'll be like, Mrs. G, I need your help. I'm like, okay, now you're ready. Mm-hmm. To help you. so it's That's my everyday life, and then on Mondays and Wednesdays and some Fridays, I also teach what we call the Workforce Academy. Um, okay. These are juniors and seniors who are behind credit, so this is a, a credit recovery for them. I mm-hmm. have been doing this since 2016, and
0: mm-hmm. I love them.
1: I love them because mm-hmm. they're juniors and they're seniors, and you know, they have an opportunity to earn a high school diploma and to graduate and, you know, having conversations with them about real life is a different world with my freshmen. So that also adds up to kind of like the crazy world that I, I live, but I love it. It's a very, very, very busy world. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. Sometimes I don't even... I forget to like do the things that I need to do because there's just so much going on, but yeah. I can't complain. It's it's mm-hmm. it's a beautiful work life, you know, I enjoy it. I think it is. I have
0: to agree, Angel. You know, 10 months of uh, intense teaching, but it seems like five days uh, of the week, it's divided by mm-hmm. it three parts. Mm-hmm. And each part has like a different uh, taste to it you get to do your leadership part, um, and then you get to really feed your um, the joy within you among the mm-hmm. students. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's a perfect one. You've got, you know, your Workforce Academy, which by yes. the right way, you know, I actually love um, doing the work with students who uh, um, who need help in terms of graduation. Mm-hmm. So the fulfillment, yeah. like there, I can absolutely. Oh yeah,
1: it. I, yeah. I, I, I'm so happy when they tell me they're gonna graduate. I have a boy, um, he's gonna graduate a semester early from the rest of his friends because there you know. he would he, his name is Mike. His name is Matt. <laughs> I always switch them. And so yeah. it's Matthew. And Matthew's like, Mrs. G, I'm going to graduate in December. And I'm like, I am so happy for you, Matthew. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he went to a program. We call it the ROC program. It's our vocational program. Mm-hmm. So he went to school from 11 to 3. And he'll come to sc- uh, work starts starts at 3.30. And then he'll come from 3.30 to 9.45 and just work hard. And, you know, he just found joy in being getting those grades and finishing up his classes and he's going to graduate earlier. And, you know, those are the things that makes us educators Mm -hmm. happy are these kids that are just successful. So, you know, my math, they, they just give you the joy to keep going and going, even though a lot of people think education is a hard profession. It is, but you have to find joy in what you do. So,
0: for sure. Beautiful, Angel. Now, what can you say to aspiring teachers who may be entering, you know, the field of education, especially for those who would like to consider teaching in California?
1: Um, you know, I think teaching is a profession that you need to grow. Mm mm-hmm. A lot. You have to give yourself opportunities to grow and do not settle with what you have. There's a lot of professional development opportunities. There's a lot of free classes online. Your districts are going to give you a lot of opportunities to go learn from other teachers. Take advantage of that. Um, I did not become where I am just by myself. I have a lot of mentors. And mm-hmm. to name a few, I have Joan Smith from Delano. She was the first person that helped me out to, you know, a lot of people around you that are just going to be supporting you. So take advantage of the help and the support. You know, no man is an island and no teacher is going to be successful by just closing your classroom door and being by yourself. So that's the first thing I would uh, tell. And then for specialty teachers like me, um, you need to be able to, like I said said earlier, adapt and, you know, uh, go with the changes. You cannot be closed minded with this profession. It's it's an ongoing change, paperwork, supports, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you have to come into this job with an open mind and a heart for the kids, because that's where you're going to find the best joy is your love for the kids.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that what fills you up, um, Angel? Yes.
1: Oh, all the time. When yeah. I am, I'm tired, I find a student and um, I look at the student, I, that's a strategy I do. And I'm, this is a secret. I'm going to tell people sure. when I'm having a bad day, I go the back of the classroom and I look for a student that when I go to that student, I know he or she's going to respond to me and I'll feel better. So I do that on a, an occasional basis. Uh, there's kids that um, I would go and I'm like, Hey, what can I do for you today? And I know for sure they're going to respond and I'll be like, okay, everything's good, we can move on, we can go to the next day, because there's in the teaching world where you're just ready to, you know, surrender, and yeah, so that's where I get my, my energy to keep going, is I just find simple joys, little progress that mm-hmm. is going to ignite the fire inside of you, and then you go moving again, because 21 years in education is not an easy, 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 easy way to, go. like, it wasn't an easy road,
0: and mm-hmm. like,
1: you have to find the joy. So that's kind of like what I do when I feel like I'm so tired and I'm ready to just say I quit. I find a kid. I love it. What mm-hmm. a great
0: advice, Angel. What a great advice. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you mentioned earlier when you first uh, got uh, in the, here in the United States uh, um, that you were you were feeling like uh, you were uh, the only uh, people person of color. Now. Mm-hmm. Uh, 21 years forward and you're a Filipino, a teacher of color in the state of California. I'm wondering in this geopolitical world that we are living in right now, how do you manage to do this?
1: I give my best. Uh I show them what I have and I give my best. I teach my students. I play my role um, to the best of my ability. Um, I speak for myself when I need to. Um, it's important for us to advocate for ourselves. If you feel like it's not working for you, or there's something wrong, go to to somebody that you know can support you. Because I guarantee you, there's always going to be one person in there. But mm-hmm. you know, I can not tell you that I never felt, um, you know, treated differently because of my color. There's ch- uh-huh. there's times um, in the mm-hmm. earlier of my teaching career, but I have done my best. I play, I play my role. Like what I've said, I play my role good and I just give my best. And if they don't appreciate that, it's not going to reflect on me. It's going to reflect on them because I can go home and say I did my job and I gave what my students need um, to have. I earlier, like when I was, I said earlier, I felt like it was challenging, but now it's not. It's it doesn't affect me as much anymore.
0: Mm, That's great. I think it ties into what you uh, mentioned earlier, that being in the education field, uh, you kind of grow into it,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right? So I think that's important for, um, especially the young teachers of color would want to keep in mind, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, speak for yourself. There's nothing wrong speaking for yourself as long as you do it with respect Mm -hmm. and without stepping on other people's feet or feelings or just speak from what your heart says, because your admin are going to listen to you. They're going to hear you and they're going to help you with whatever you're going through. So like what we teach our kids in the special mm-hmm. ed world to, for, to advocate ourselves, we also have to remind ourselves that we, we are the advocates for ourselves. So we have to speak out. Mm-hmm.
0: Angel, we're coming down to the end of our wonderful conversation. 100. Yeah. But say for example, I'm going to ask one of your students and I'm going to ask them, hey, Michael or Mark, whoever. Right. Mm-hmm. How would you
1: describe Miss G? Um, They will just say that she's hyper because I am hyper. <laughs> OK. You, I can't sit, sit still. But mostly they will say that I care about them. Um, I care about their education. I care about their well-being. And I want the best for them. I am not a perfect teacher. There are days where I'll lose, I'll lose it and raise my voice or say something that I would regret saying. But they will say that I also know how to apologize. I know when to say sorry when I have to say sorry to my students because we're human beings. There's going to be moments where we you know, we mess up, Um, when I left my school in Delano, um, they gave me like this certificate of all my characteristics. And one that stuck to me till to this day is that the only teacher I have that knows how to say sorry. I was like, wow. That was
0: like, I was like,
1: okay, there's nothing wrong with apologizing to my kids when I have to. And I do that with my own children at times as well, but yeah, they will say I care and, I want the best for them.
0: Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And what if any of your students uh, um, is or are watching uh, watching this
1: episode? What would you tell them? You know, I love all of you um, in many different levels. (laughs) I don't always like everybody, but I love them in many different, you know, in different levels. But I am here. I am here as your teacher to support you. I am here a teacher that would. You help you navigate what you need and help you be more successful. And I am here to listen with a, about anything. You can come talk to me. You can come tell me what you need or if there's areas that I can help you with. I have an you know my doors open. You can come talk to me and I will help you navigate um, ways to help you with whatever you're going through. And I I know that each and one of you have a plan. There's a plan set for you and I will help you at least do my part to help you guide you through what you, what's, what's planned for your future. So that's what I'm going to tell them.
0: Oh, that's so cute. And to our audience, do you have any last words for them? Any inspirational message to them?
1: You know, I came from a very modest family back in the Philippines and, um, I've been here since 2003, and one of the things that I always say is I'm always grateful to everyone and everyone and everybody that helped me where I am right now. So, you know, gratitude goes a long way, um, and it pays back. It comes back to you. So um, I wouldn't know where would I be if not because of Margie Barrera and, you know, and Dalia Sanchez, who gave me the opportunity here in the United States, so give back, um, be grateful, because you know you give, and it can come back tenfold, ten times fold. So.
0: Oh, goodness. (laughs) Love in my heart, Angel. Oh, my Lord.
1: (laughs) I'm almost like Terry eyed. Me too. Um, (laughs) You know, when Alpha, you know, when we look back where we came from, me and you, you know, know, it's not the easiest life, but Mm -hmm. where I am right now, I'm able to help more families back in the Philippines and cousins Mm -hmm. and uncles. And, you know, it's my heart is just so much. I'm just so blessed not to give back. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, Angel, I'm very proud of you. I'm thank you. I'm me proud. too. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm really very proud of the work that you've done, where you are right now, and I want to thank you for this wonderful moment that you've shared with me, uh, and for reconnecting and for really mm-hmm. sharing your wonderful story
1: to the rest of the world. This is thank you. you. It's. I was nervous. I was messaging you earlier in Ilocano. I was like, I'm getting nervous because <laughs> I, you know, I can speak to lots and lots of kids, but when I'm talking to my peers, my, I just get nervous. But, but it was mm-hmm. fun. Very I well. had fun. Yeah,
0: you did very well. So, if any of our viewers would like to get in touch with you and uh, would like to know more in terms of becoming a SPED teacher in the state of California, or just you know, give uh, uh, give them Lend them a hand when it comes to entering the field of education. Where can they find you?
1: Um, email me at angelgabion80 at gmail.com. Um, Angel that would be the G- best. G- yeah. G- you G- can at gmail. You can find me on my Facebook. It's Angel Rosa Pat, and Gabion. But just send me a message or message Alpha and she can connect you with me. Um, you know, I. that's the best way. Wonderful. Well, Angel, before
0: I end uh, um, this episode, I want to just wish you all the best in life. I want to wish you uh, success. May you continue to be an inspirational education leader, inspirational special education teacher, and may you bring lots of happiness
1: and light to everyone that you meet. Thank you, Alpha. Same with you. I mean, I am just so proud of you too, friend, from where we came from. That's right. It's been Twenty, almost twenty-two years. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. Angel.
1: Yeah. Yes. Well, well, thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. Our pleasure. With that, uh, we're going to end our show uh, for today. We want to thank our viewers for being with us uh, for this wonderful episode. I'm hoping that uh, you were inspired by our guest today, Miss Angel Rosa gabión and. Uh, um, We'll see you soon. All right, folks. Thank you. Thanks again, Angel. Welcome, Alpha. Take care. What mm-hmm. do